Well, hello, everybody. I think you deserve an update since I was obviously sparse to start putting out uh, recordings by now. I ran into some technical difficulties, so <laughs> my new laptop should be here around the 15th. So hopefully by next weekend, I can start putting out some of these shows I've got prepared. I just have to record them. So that's kind of the delay. I just thought I'd give you an update. Let you know podcast still exists. I'm still here. I want to give a shout out to Amcon South Sound believe is their official name, part of the American Contingency Groups here in Washington State. I met with them about a week ago per request. We had a class for a couple hours on de-escalation techniques involving mostly reading body language or using your own body language to identify possible threats or escalations, things you need to change or things to de-escalate before they become a situation, how to handle interactions with people better in order to identify threats, keep threats from happening, not inadvertently causing an escalation of something to become very bad. They seem to enjoy the class, wanted me to stay in contact with them. So definitely a good group of people. You want to check them out. And if you're looking for a class like that, I think a few tweaks, and I pretty much have it as a good solid class I want to have in the future as part of my list of pre-made training programs. So that intro class, probably I can get it down to 90 minutes, but maybe two hours with questions. I think that'll be a pretty good one. And that went well, and they had a good time. I mentioned before, I believe I have other training coming up, map reading. Got some guys in Pennsylvania reach out to me I haven't heard back from, wanting to learn about the intelligence cycle and open source research, especially on bigger topics in the news. Sifting through the garbage to find the real facts and information and how to come up with the assessments. Very easy stuff for me to do. If you're interested in something like that, like with all training, I'll need to have an idea how much time we're working with, how many people will be present. But for a class like that, we need to have access to the internet to do the research. So you need to have, everybody needs to have their own device to work with, whether a computer, phone, tablet, whatever, access to the internet in order to do so without any issues. And while I recommended to them up to three days of training for the level of detail it seemed like they were asking for, that would at least be a full long day class of people that really wanted to look at research how to sift through the information, kind of follow the intelligence cycle in that process in order to answer questions, come up with more questions, and come up with a decent assessment and avoiding our biases in doing so. Map reading was asked about. That's a simple class. I did bring all the materials in order to do a map reading class. Doing a land navigation course isn't something I can realistically do. You can't set those up easily. But like here in Washington, I found out some of these parks have orienteering courses. So if you got a place with pre-made orienteering courses, it's probably something we could definitely work out. But definitely map reading would be fairly simple and easy to do. Of course, any other thing I talk about on this podcast, I can do training with. I've been asked about firearms training just to let you know for my own sanity and safety, regardless of people's opinions and laws and stuff, because I know there are a lot out there. For me to do firearms training at your location, a few things I need to know. One, who owns that land, and I'll need proof of it, whether it's private Bureau of Land Management, Forestry Service, State Land, and I'll need time to make sure that it's okay to use firearms on that location if it's not privately owned. Everybody there participating will need to be able to legally own and possess a firearm, whether they have their own or not. And then we'll go into further details from there based on what you want to do. Remember, too, doing that kind of training, it depends on how much you want to do and you know what your range is like or where we're shooting, what targets and stuff you'll have to provide that you have available but we don't have to have training saying everybody needs to have 500 rounds. 
you know, there's a lot of simple training we can do from basic introductory, first time I'm handling a firearm type stuff to more advanced working around rifles, more like carbines, shotgun, or pistol. Pretty simple to me to do, and I can definitely help you increase that level of skill no matter where you're at, if that's something that you're interested in. I've been asked about doing uh, medical training, especially trauma-related stuff like tourniquets, assessing casualties, moving casualties, emergency bandages, you know, uh, nasal airways, the things you'd find in a standard military-type IFACT. I can definitely do that. One thing I would say, though, is take a look at your own group of people or what's available around you. If it's paid training, who's doing that and who their backgrounds are. I personally believe it's better to, if you have to pay for training, to pay for medical training, especially around those items. Especially if you can find somebody that did that as their job. Whether they're an 18 Delta, a corpsman, SOCOM, medic, medic in the military, EMT, paramedic. Somebody's not only used those items, but used them in real-world situations more than once. We'll have a lot of insight and knowledge to help you understand what you're going to run into. Because while a lot of people could teach you how to, say, put a tourniquet on, that, that's great to know how to put it on, but there's more to it than that and things to understand based on the injury that can be more helpful to help you understand what's going to happen and what you're going to see. I've been asked about classes for concealed weapons. That's not something I'll be doing. I'm not a certified NRA instructor for any of that type of thing. But the, even if I was, the reason I wouldn't do it is I personally believe that training classes for things like concealed weapons permit should heavily involve understanding the laws, especially local and state laws. I'm not going to know all those out there for your different locations. And it's always better in my mind if the option's available to get somebody that's current or prior law enforcement that's lived in your area or your state that can tell you about situations they ran into or situations in a courtroom or answer some of those questions or tell you how to talk to police if something happened where you had to use a firearm to better understand what you're going to get into, the questions that really come up in those courses and can really explain to you how some of those laws play out and what they mean. And it's better to do that than have somebody that can give you their best guess. Because when it comes down to a real situation like that, you don't want to be dealing with knowledge based on a best guess. You want to be dealing with knowledge you've learned from somebody that has practical experience in that area. So that's always better in my opinion. That's why I'm definitely not going to be doing that. I've got several shows in the pipeline and I'm getting those prepared. I have talked a little bit in that class that I did with Amcon regarding some of the information I saw when I did watch the whole Alec Baldwin interview. While there's definitely some deception and things there, there's definitely a lot of things that are truthful, prepared statements, unprepared statements. Probably what I should do is figure out a way to do kind of a commentary on it on video, which I'm looking into doing at some point, but I, I really have no idea when I would do that. But I think it's something people would enjoy. So I'm definitely looking at that. As far as where my school is going to be, because I keep getting asked, I found properties. I've done the research, but I haven't physically looked at anything yet. I'm still spending time with my family. And so I'm still going to be in Washington probably until somewhere around the end of the month before I take off, at which point I'll be down in the south around Kansas, Georgia, Arkansas, and Oklahoma for a while. And that's definitely something I'm going to, uh, going to be down there. i got some training planned and some vacation time with some friends. Do you want to give a shout out to Declan from Facebook? 
He's a new listener. Sent me a message about a week or two ago. He said he just started listening to the podcast today. This was on the 27th of December. He says the pace is perfect, easy to digest. I just finished the episode Everyday Carry a Different Way. That, I believe, was our second or third episode. When you're blending in and not being noticed, I just wanted to share something I use from time to time. If I have to travel out of town for something like a wedding or reunion, I'll pick up a cheap shirt or hat at one of the local sports teams. That's genius. He says, especially in places like Chicago, Chicago, sorry, Cincinnati or Milwaukee, I've noticed that no matter the time of year, a simple ball cap with a logo with a popular sports team will trigger a sense of tribalism. That is actually what you're looking for. He said, I've noticed in different places and I've noticed that when someone sees me, they will look at the logo, go back to whatever they're doing, go and notice. I end up being just another local fan. I know this may seem counterintuitive to Gray Man. It's not, actually. It's completely in line with what the entire principle is. Most people think of because they think sports team colors will stand out too much, but I've noticed the opposite experience. I just want to share this because of all the articles I've read and videos and stuff. I rarely ever hear about using something like that. If you took the time to read this, thank you. Enjoy the show. Shared the show with some friends. Yeah, that's a good point because one of the things I've brought up many times, and remember I've said it's the way I look at it, your appearance of the clothing you wear is about 5%, but it makes a big impression. It's probably only good for 20 to 30 seconds in most situations. But if you sit and stare at something for 30 seconds, that's a long time. But in his environment and the places he's going and based on how he knows kind of the tribal attitude is, is that he can look like a local, you know, heading to a bar or wherever, wearing a local sports team jersey. That's a smart move, and that's a good way to do it. Now, granted, a little time spent with them or talking to them, sure, somebody could probably figure out that's not the case, especially if it's a place where the local language, the customs, or the just the accent of our language stands out that you're not from that area. I get that. But just moving around among the crowds, very smart, simple, easy to do, and that's a good way to do it. That's why I've said before, you can be a gray man dressed like a clown. It's just got to be appropriate to that environment and make sense for what you're doing which I think he explained very well because the idea of wearing a purple jersey doesn't seem like it makes sense, but it does if you put it in the right place. Just like wearing camouflage doesn't always make sense, but it does in the right place. Or people say, well, you should wear subdued colors. Sure, if where you're wearing it makes sense and fits into that location. But I've used the example before. You can dress like you're homeless, but that'll kind of stand out if you're going to meet your lawyer. You can wear a suit when you go and meet your lawyer, but that'll stand out if you go to a homeless shelter. So it's kind of figuring out what works best in that situation, but also what you're comfortable in. I mean, nice clothes are wonderful and everything, but if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin or your own outfit, that's not going to help you. That's why something like he's saying, wearing a simple jersey, that's a lot easier for more people to do than maybe wearing a suit or maybe the exact opposite for you. It just depends on who you are. So I've also said you got to kind of practice wearing new clothes, new things, getting comfortable in them, just like breaking in a pair of shoes. Sometimes you have to make that effort. Sometimes you don't. Now, all that being said, I'm still planning on putting out at least two podcasts a week. I'd love to go to three, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the goal of two because it's going to depend greatly on when I'm traveling. The idea is when I'm out and about, I will be recording when needed. And then if I'm off grid, when I get to a camp like an RV camp, and I stay for a week or so to do laundry, I will upload and schedule them. So there will be times this year when podcasts come out that I didn't record that day. I may have recorded them a couple weeks earlier 
which also means there may be times when I get responses, emails, or questions. You don't get the immediate response you're used to. It might take a week or two, depending on when I have access to the internet. We also want to give a shout out to David over at DMR Pub, DMR Publications, or this podcast, Squirrel Thoughts and Philosophies of DMR Publications. He submitted his dissertation this last week. He's soon to be Dr. David Robertson, and so I will be meeting up with him, hopefully in not too long. Give him a break, maybe take him out camping. I got some extra gear with me, so I'm hoping, I think I talked to him about this, but I'm hoping that while we're together and we're out at a campground or out in the woods, we'll probably see about doing a joint recording for one of these podcasts, do an interview, talk about some things, see what's going on, probably talk about world affairs or events. And if we have internet access that we can broadcast from, maybe I did talk to him about him doing one of his shows at the camp, and then I can pop in on camera and surprise everybody. We'll see what happens with that, but that's kind of the plan. I do have some other friends. I'm going to try to interview while I'm out there. One guy is a chemist who worked with chemical and biological stuff in the military and worked with several federal agencies and still does now. Has a lot of good information and stuff we can talk about. That I've talked about doing a show with David with him, but I might end up just doing a podcast because I'll be traveling. So we'll see how that works out. Also, some people from my line of work might be able to do some interviews with them. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Got a guy I've been friends with a long time. Did the same job I did working in military intelligence. And a woman I know who's doing military intelligence now who... Uh, was interested in doing an interview when I talked to her discussing probably some OSINT stuff and kind of what the life and job was like at times while she was deployed in operations. So we'll see how that works out. I haven't talked to her in probably a month, but she was interested in doing that. So there may be some other interviews going along with that. That being said, I hope you all had a happy holidays. Please uh, reach out to me, especially if you're new. Let me know what you're interested in hearing. Also, check out the Intel training page if you haven't yet. I've got posts coming up last few days and the next few days of forecasts for the year based on different regions around the world. Things to look for based on geographical reasons like Europe, Eurasia, South America, that kind of thing, as well as a post on future cyber attack possibilities and other things happening in the world. Definitely check out David's podcast if you haven't recently. He's got some good stuff going on there. He didn't do a show today because he wasn't feeling well. Probably anxiety, I don't know. Might be real. Who knows? But shortly here, I'll kick the podcast back up. We'll see what's going on. Apologize for the sound. I'm recording this on my phone because I can't do anything with my computer. I also can't edit anything either, so may not sound as smooth. Also, this isn't scripted. But you probably don't care anyway. Let me know what else you're interested in. If you're on Spotify, I occasionally put out questions or polls on my podcast. Go back and check those out and answer them. Look at the show notes on any episode, not a bonus track like this, but on a private episode, prior episode, there'll be notes with my email and contact information if you want to reach out to me. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again here shortly with more information on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.